0: Listening to SBS on the Money with Ricardo Gonsalves. It is your daily 10-minute business and finance news wrap for this Wednesday, the 28th of June, 2023. Later, how the market reacted to today's softer-than-expected consumer prices numbers, which show that the May inflation indicator, according to the Bureau of Statistics, fell from 6.8% in April to 5.6% last month. So has inflation really turned a corner? For more, I spoke with David Robertson. He's the Chief Economist at the Bendigo and Adelaide Bank.
1: Yes, it was certainly a surprise for the market. And I think the best way we can interpret the degree of the surprise is just to look at the Australian dollar, which fell half a cent as soon as the data was released. So... The market had been thinking that the headline CPI would come in at around 6%, and there'd been some talk that perhaps we could dip into the fives, 5.8 or 5.9. But I have to say, I didn't see any 5.6% forecast, so it was a very pleasing welcome outcome. However, it does need some context. And so before we can be too definitive about the consequences of it and where inflation is trending from here, we need to look at some of the core measures as well and excluding volatile items. We did see a dip, but it only dipped to 6.4%. Uh, the Reserve Bank like to look at the trim mean as one of their favoured uh, techniques of monitoring core inflation and, uh, and that dipped to 6.1%, which again was lower than market expectations, um, but the 5.6 was probably a little bit flattering and there are some base effects as well, which we need to
0: take into account. Can we go through the details? So what contributed to inflation, both to the downside and upside last month? So I think,
1: and again, looking at the headline number there, the reason it was such a fall down to 5.6 was mainly because of a minus 8% contribution from auto fuel. And we knew that was going to be a drag, uh, that that would be a lower read because of the halving of the fuel excise duty just over a year ago. So, you know, we always have these base effects to deal with. We're comparing to a a year ago and then as you go forward a month, uh, a different uh, segment sort of drops off. And in this case, that was mainly driven by the halving of the fuel excise duty. And so that exaggerated the increase last month when we rose to 6.8 and equally it's exaggerated the decline this time down to 56 And so that was on the downside. On the the top side, we are still seeing really high levels of inflation through the housing sector, not just the cost of construction, but rental. Uh, And the, the rental cost... It's fallen a little bit, but it's still up over 6% year on year and little prospect of that improving. We're still seeing a high contribution from food. Uh, I think takeaway was quite a large component this time. Uh, So maybe there's some behavioural economics coming through there as well. Um, But housing... Um, furniture and, and equipment and fittings also was higher. So it's still fairly broad based. It's not as though a 5.6% inflation rate or 6.1% or for core is a good result. It's still too high, but we're seeing some moderation in those numbers uh, and some of the usual suspects for the contributions.
0: Is it a concern though that some of the basic? are still quite high. So those that are impacted by the rising cost of living, especially those on low incomes, uh, are hit Mm. the most. For example, I think um, food prices are up 7.9%, bread and cereal increasing the most this year. Um, As you mentioned, rents are up 6.3%, electricity still up 14%. Mm. Um, What does it say about the way it's impacting those on, on lower incomes?
1: Yes, and this is the really challenging aspect of an inflation shock is it it does hit the lower income households more so than higher, both in terms of the increase in some of those factors and the fact that we've got rising interest rates and rising rental costs. So, you know, you think about monetary policy, we know it's a blunt tool, but it's really adding to pressures around inequality and it's adding to stress. Um, and the question is, how quickly can we see the, the um, normalisation of inflation? Uh, the Reserve Bank are doing what they believe they have to do in terms of policy tightening. Um, but certainly, there are broad-based factors there. And, you know, it's interesting. We're continuing to see uh, a rotation in spending away from goods towards towards services. Um, and so that remains the case through this data it's broad-based broad, broad based in services. So, yes, it is concerning that that's remaining there and it is impacting low- to middle-income families more so, both in terms of the inflation shock and what the Reserve Bank are doing to try to deal with that.
0: What do you think this means for the quarterly CPI number? Because this monthly figure is just an indicator. It doesn't look at all the components for the more detailed quarterly number, um, which the most latest read showed a 7% annual change in the march quarter
1: that's right and and so this data well firstly it's only the monthly series not the quarterly as you mentioned and the reserve bank take more notice of the quarterly data which is more thorough it has more components and secondly the monthly data is only through to the end of may and so the the numbers we get in a month's time will have the full quarter through to to june 30 uh, look, I, I think it's actually fairly consistent with where we're forecasting the quarterly numbers to come in in a month's time where we're looking for just over 1%, about a 1.1% increase, increase in both CPI and in the uh, trimmed mean, the core measure. And if we're right about that, then headline CPI will come down from 7% to uh, to around about 62 and the trim mean may even dip into the high fives, maybe come in at about 5.9. Um, and again, that all sounds encouraging. The question will be if the Reserve Bank are of the view that that is moving quickly enough and that we can get back to their target in what they call a reasonable timeframe. But but I think this, as a one-month read, certainly is supportive of that, um, that expectation that inflation will come down in the quarterly numbers next month. Um, again,
0: will it come down quickly enough? So the real question is, um, we've got the retail sales figures coming out tomorrow, but based on these latest inflation numbers, what do you think it ultimately means for the Reserve Bank when it meets next week and beyond, given that we've seen so many uh, economists and market experts over the past month or so revise up their expectations for where peak interest rates will be.
1: Yes, and it was quite a hawkish tilt that we got from the Reserve Bank earlier this month when not only did they surprise markets by going to 4.1%, but Philip Lowe and through the minutes, it was so insistent that not only was it right to hike um, to 4.1, but basically implying that we've got another two hikes ahead. And I feel that the RBA has a little bit painted themselves into a corner in that they were so clear in their reasoning that tight labour markets, in the absence of productivity growth, only through wages um, increases, flows through to unit labour costs, and unit labour costs um, will flow through to inflation. So they were explaining why. Capacity constraints in labour markets are one of the reasons that they are concerned about how long it's going to take for inflation to come back down. So having made that observation, then having seen the Bank of England come out with a half a percent increase in their um, official rate and seeing core inflation in the UK rise from 68 to 7.1%, it seems it will be really hard for the RBA next week to say, well, we said that, We've seen the unemployment rate fall from 3.7 to 3.55, but now we're going to take a pause. Uh, So they really would be placing quite a high weight on this monthly data. Uh, For that reason, and I think it's going to be a really close sort of points decision. Uh, This isn't a knockout blow, what we've seen with the monthly data, but it'll make that points decision a lot closer. Uh, I suspect that they will keep pressing ahead with the rate hikes, Uh, Again, I I feel they've really presented that argument so strongly that to then see the unemployment rate fall, it would be hard for them to say, oh, well, we're going to sit out for a month. I hope I'm wrong. I hope they do sit out for a month because it seems to me it would be really helpful to wait for the late July numbers, see how they align to these monthly numbers. Um, But it certainly wasn't helpful what we saw in the UK with their half a percent rise and their experience like we're seeing in Europe and in the US, that core services inflation is just remaining so stubbornly high. Um, So they're the factors. Uh, And yes, we will get the retail sales numbers out tomorrow. They're likely to be pretty weak. Um, That's another reason to pause. Uh, Will it be sufficient for the RBA to come to that conclusion? Uh, I I don't like saying something's a 50-50 chance. I'd have to say it's a 55% chance that they will hike next week. Uh, It's more likely than not, but certainly the data we got out today does present quite a viable case that, okay, we've taken the cash rate to 4.1. It's about 1% above a neutral rate. The, The key is to keep rates in this restrictive territory. Maybe they don't need
0: to actually make them more restrictive, just keep them at this level for longer. The Chief Economist of the Bendigo and Adelaide Bank there, David Robertson. Now, market day on the SBS on the Money podcast The Australian share market rose 1.1% today on the S&P ASX 200 7196 uh, the index surging 50 points immediately after those inflation numbers was released by the Bureau of Statistics For more I spoke with Hebe Chen she is an analyst at IG Markets
2: Yeah, our local share market do enjoy a good CPI today. Um, they jumping up by more than 1.1% and especially that hit the key critical market 7,200 mark. So we're seeing the market's been kind of respond quite positively softer CPI as it sort of translate into a higher chance for a red pause next week. And especially we're seeing that 10 sectors out of 11. Is trading higher to date and out of them we see the consumer sector, the real, sector, real estate sectors are leading the gains by more than 2%. And in terms of company-wise, we have seen the Harvey Norman jumping by more than 4%, the real group jumping about 2%, 2% as well.
0: There was a, a pretty obvious shift downward in the Australian dollar following the data. Can you tell me about that and where to now?
2: Yes. Well, I can see there's two key drivers behind sort of working together to exercise more pressure for the Australian dollars. On the one side, I think it's depends on the difference in terms of monetary policies. If you compare to the Australian dollar to USD dollar, so US is seeing the interest rate will be on top of 5.6% by the end of this year. But for ourselves, like Australia is expecting a 4.5%. So that sort of difference is making the Australian dollar, Aussie dollar less appealing for lessons. And on the other hand, which is probably looking for a longer term view is the economy outlook. So often we're knowing that Australian dollar has been viewed as a commodity price. So a better economy, a better commodity price is definitely a good news for the Australian dollar. But that's not the case that we are sitting at this year. We're seeing the rising concern of the US economy, Euro economy and also Chinese economy. So all of them putting together definitely will see potentially will be more downside for the Australian dollars.
0: You mentioned briefly that of the Reserve Bank in that first answer. Can you go into more detail about what exactly the market is now pricing in, in terms of what the Reserve Bank will do?
2: Yeah. Well, I believe that today's, as you pointed, softer than expected CPI is definitely giving RBA more reason to press the pause button next week. And actually, the market is only pricing about 23% chance of a 25 basis point hike in July. But that's just a short term view. But if you're looking for the next six months, the market is now pricing in that we are going to have the inflation, sorry, interest rate as high as 4.5% by the end of December which that will translate into, as we are at 4.1 now, will translate to two more hikes for the next six months. And that's probably the cases that we uh, have to prepare for um, for the next six months' time.
0: Yeah, tomorrow we get official retail sales numbers. How is the rising cost of living showing up in various sectors of the share market, namely consumer discretionary, because despite obvious pressures, as you mentioned, the likes of Harvey Norman did well today.
2: Yes, exactly. That's a good question. Well, the expectation for tomorrow's retail sales is to expecting a margin decline from the previous months by 0.1%. And actually, if you're looking back to the past three months, we already see the retail sales numbers being stay unchanged for the past two months. So which is suggesting that I think the Australian consumers, spenders, they are more conservative on their money because they're in face of the rising life the life expenses, also the rising interest rate as well. So that definitely will be more likely continue to be the case if the projection for the interest rate is keep moving higher.
0: So if the market's still expecting official interest rates in Australia to go up to about 4.5%, as you said, in the US they'll be around 5.5%. In this kind of an environment, where do you see the opportunities for investors? Yes, um, we
2: definitely sitting in a quite a changing fast changing environment i think if you're looking for the opportunity for investment in the forex market i personally can probably see more of the strengths for the usd dollar will continue at least to the another year to come as we just talked about the point that the us would hike interest rate to five point six and four until four point five percent by the end of 2024 2025 sorry so more likely for the next uh, six months to 18 months, we definitely will see the big difference there. So that will make US dollar more appealing. On the other hand, I think for the local market, if you're looking for the sector wise, the company wise, I think it's a good timing point of view for the investor to think about which sector and company will benefit most from a rate cut. As we know that we're now having more clear low map for the next six months, it's probably the time that we are expecting the talk, to- the topic about a rate cut, especially the first rate cut, will start to surface in the very near future. And that's probably the time that you start to plan and think about which sector would benefit the most.
0: TB Chen there, analyst at IG Markets.
1: This SBS On The Money podcast is provided for informational purposes only. The content on this podcast should not be understood as constituting advice or a recommendation.